welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. Hello, Anarchist community. On today's episode, we have artist and podcaster Dexter Spitz join us for a conversation all about the power of vulnerability. Together, we talk about the social conditioning of men, working through trauma, and our fears about monogamous marriages. Dexter, I really appreciate how you came into the space and just fully opened yourself up to talk about all of the complexities and difficulties that you faced in your early childhood and how you are still working to unpack these larger cycles that you still recognize in yourself. And that is some of the most difficult, difficult work we can ever do as humans. And it really just inspired me to dream of a better future, right? Where we're all doing this work and able to unpack and show up as our high selves or whatever we want to call it right the self that you hope to be in this world and Dexter is so clearly working towards that vision of being the person that he wants to be and I just really appreciate yeah the fullness of your presence Dexter I also wow really was thinking about our conversation about marriage and the concept of polyamory and how our fears of a monogamous marriage kind of pushing us into wanting to pursue an open relationship and trying to sit with that and what does that mean how do we approach these things with desire and a trust in the abundance rather than coming at it from a fear mentality that I equally do myself I do not have any of the answers to these questions. Uh, They're just good questions, at least currently. And so it was just nice to sit with Dexter, someone who has these same points of, this scares me and this is where I'm at. And so y'all, there is nothing more real than that. I hope you all enjoy getting to tune in to our shared vulnerability together. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you need anything? Like, do you need water, tea, or anything? I've got tea. I'm, I'm ready for this. Emotional support. Ooh. <laughs> you know, as a future psychologist, that is exactly what I'm here for. All right. Bring it on. What do you need emotional support in? Oh, uh, that's that's how much time you got. That's like a long existential question. That's so. These are my favorite. Like, these are my absolute <laughs> favorite. And I wonder if that's why you were nominated. Someone's like, these two people are going to have a beautiful conversation about all of this. Yeah, if from anything with Jayla, she knows we talk about this stuff all of the time. So it's pretty, that's, that's standard protocol around these parts. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, the general, the, the generals or the, or the specifics, I'll say in, mm. in, in general, uh, I think the life of many artists or, creatives or anybody who just kind of questions the 
regular, normal, whatever we're presented about how life should go. I think it leaves you sometimes in a place of consistent uncertainty because mm-hmm. you're you're the grounding thing for yourself a lot of the time. So mm. that's where most of mine usually lies is in that kind of space. Kind of that like solo journey. Yeah, uh, that's been a lot of my life, whether how, how mm. I've selected to go or just how it's panned out in a lot of ways. As a, a good friend of mine who actually just texted me right before this said, uh, he's like, yeah, you've picked a lot of lonely roads, man. Mm. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Which road comes most to mind when you think about those lonely roads? Uh, I mean, shameless plug but also it is the work that I'm doing right now. I'm working on, I guess you could say, movement called How Men Cry that's centered mm-hmm. around talking about mental health, men's mental health uh, specifically and vulnerability. And in that space, I'm performing pieces, writing pieces, as well as on a more like business side of things, like trying to build it out as doing more performance um and all types of spaces and then coordinating stuff with podcasts guests as well and speaking with a lot of men within community so it's a it's a community driven project but i think there is a reality that you know if i stop working or stop moving on the thing or stop performing then nothing else moves really so there's there's an isolation in that mm, mm, mm-hmm. yeah Certainly. I mean, this sounds like it's a very meaningful project to you. And I I would be curious, how did you start this? What, you know, no one just starts this out of the blue, you know, and I I want to hear you like what brought you to creating this? Yeah, uh, it was really just beginning to recognize and face a lot of my own personal issues and traumas. Mm -hmm. I think the way that I was mostly mostly socialized growing up, especially around uh, conventional male narratives and just the environments that I grew up in, I didn't really start talking about, well, two part is recognizing how I was feeling in a more quieter space and being able to name it a little better. And then secondly, being able to actually like acknowledge and process and deal with those feelings in a way that wasn't just like trying to escape, you know? Mm. So that, all was through a process of therapy and then i mean to be real i've gone through enough in in my life quite a few things that you know some would consider pretty traumatizing and it was just stuff that i Mm -hmm. hadn't you know addressed ever yeah so yeah so that was kind of the sparking point was going through my own process of therapy which i'm still in and doing and uh like you know writing because that's a lot of how I found comfort through life. So yeah. those writings eventually turned into a book and into mm. a bunch of stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. hmm. And so it sounds like from your early childhood, there might have been models that weren't, you know, displaying how to be vulnerable as a man. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean... How much do you want me to go into that? I got plenty of material. (laughs) Everything. Or as much as you feel like resonates with you. Yeah. I mean, so I grew up in the uh, Washington, D.C. area originally. That's where I'm from. Been in Chicago since about 2014. 
And then also, I guess you can say time period wise, there were not really a lot of conversations around like how we're having talks now around kind of breaking down what we've learned about, you know, being masculine or other things like that. It just wasn't really part of it. It was a very more black and white kind of outlook, at least for the most part, around this is how men are, this is how women are, Mm. blah, blah, blah. That was just the... And it has been quite disorienting, if I'm being really honest, Mm. to try to figure out who I am without a lot of those influences because yeah (laughs) yeah because for and this is really what a lot of the work that i'm working on now is doing i think for men it's really difficult because of how aggressively uh indoctrinated you are and uh actually the same buddy before brizzy danks i'm just going to shout out brizzy danks he's a good producer friend and and buddy um for for some years now and like he was taught he kind of said to me he's like have you ever just noticed like just how violent (laughs) all this stuff is towards anything with guys like everything is always introduced to you almost in a way of like violence or it's like this or it's like that or you're you know not competing enough or you're blah 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 and you're not valuable if you're so So it's like it's, it's it's extremely intense and it's it's yeah. been really difficult honestly to like mm. to break that stuff down and then like it's just it's how you're raised so then you're yeah. like constantly like damn i was doing that too and it, it's just a right yeah so. right and then do you judge yourself for doing reenacting those same patterns but knowing it was the environment and then constantly that whole mind loop as well you know oh yeah that Ugh. one's that one's difficult and that's why really what i've been trying to shed light on for a lot of men is that like when you couple that with the fact that you know we also are not really taught or instructed on how to on how to speak about what's going on you end up in this situation of you bottle in you bottle in you bottle in and then you're agitated and you're trying to figure it out and you don't know how to talk to anybody about it and going back and forth so Mm -hmm. i think you know there's a reason that i think suicide numbers for men are so much higher um you know three or four times uh within i think i might be misquoting this that but within like the early 20s to 30s it's like one of the leading causes of death uh like the second leading cause of death i think for um uh, for men within that category, I might be misquoting that, but it's pretty regardless. It's a uh, yeah, yeah. So, but that's been really apparent to me because of how you know, if you, the more and more self aware you become about it, and the more and more you try to address it, it's like it can be quite overwhelming. And I think yeah. it's hard for guys to articulate that. Of course, right, so. right, right. On top of that, we're talking about societal gender expectations that have been imbued, certain models of what it means to be a man. You know, I mean, that's yeah. years of cultural conditioning to come up against. So, yeah, that is a huge battle. Yeah. And and even, I think, culturally as well, like there's racial layers to it as well, yes. because even I grew up in primarily black areas and depending on... I don't want to demonize or or overstate anything for certain groups, but there's, Mm -hmm. I would just say, a lot of strong opinions, like, you know, sometimes towards 
uh, people being queer and like, and, and just like, there's a lot of cultural things that are perpetuated sometimes. The more and more that my friend groups and everything have uh, diversified and I just know more people and exchange and have these different outlooks, I see that even across it, like <laughs> so many of the men have had this like similar uh, indoctrination mm. and and have almost like a lot of times end up separating themselves entirely yeah. from from groups like the, it's almost like the more self-aware the harder it is like I don't have I've kind of been this way for a while but I don't have like a group of like the guys that we all get together right right, <laughs> and right. Hang. like I don't even have that so yeah mm. the word indoctrination Mm. This is something that like I personally have no experience with as, you know, a woman in this world and yeah, all the other aspects of the different identities that are integrated into this. Could you say a little bit more on what you feel that indoctrination is that you were under at that time and you see in other people? Yeah, I mean, for sure, it is the idea, one, probably one of the biggest ones that I think mm -hmm. is the hardest to see is the idea that your value is tied to what you produce. Mm. That mm -hmm. one is one of the one of the trickiest ones yeah. I think for for guys in particular to see because it's what is drilled like all of the time. You got to go have this job, you need to blah blah blah. Provider. No no woman's ever going to want you if you don't do blah blah blah. blah. Mm. And you need to be the next so and so, the next big figure in this space you need to dominate in the workplace yeah. you need to like all of that stuff and it's so that has been a really tricky one for me in particular because I fell for it for a considerable amount of time in my life and it's hard to like even today I just had a day where I was just kind of off and didn't really want to be productive but the narrative in my mind is like you're wasting your life you're not doing this you're not it's just crazy it's yes. crazy Yes, yes, completely. I mean, yeah, I obviously not man, but you know, like I, I, I like I, I feel these same things. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have the social conditioning of male patriarchy that says the men need to be the providers. And if they're not the providers, they're worthless, right? And so like yeah. men plus capitalism. So I as a woman, I'm getting capitalism, but you're getting capitalism plus must be provider plus must have no emotion and all these other like slew of things on top of it. Oh, yeah. And it's and, and by the way, like, I definitely think it's worth mentioning that I don't view it as any better or worse for any oh, like sure. particular groups sure. of, of dealing with it. I think it's just it's just different. And that's yeah. what I'm more so trying to articulate, you know, because I can like clearly see a lot of the struggles or just issues with, um, you know, different conversations around gender or like, yeah. like race, all of these different things. And it's mm -hmm. like, what I'm aiming to do with that work is just kind of shed some different light on it. Because it's the voices are back to the like full circle of the kind of like lonely road part it's happening now yeah. where there's more and more conversations but i think even some of the conversations can be so polarizing mm. because of like there's a very versus mentality within yeah. uh i think the u.s and some of it i think is a bit of human nature but i just mean like we're very like this versus this where I'm really not trying to get into a versus discussion. I'm trying to get into yeah. a 
this is how this is what's going on with people and let's just you know try to figure out how to deal with it yeah i wonder if that versus sense is coming from the difference in gender like for me talking about is that where you're feeling me like pull that divide it's well it's not even it's like it's not even just all gender it's like politicized it's 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 political it's people's yeah it's this idea of like well so the the tagline for how men cry is to make uh compassion contagious Mm, i love that yeah and the idea around that is like i just blame the internet but (laughs) that's fine i'm with you i blame the internet always it's it's so like angry and i get it like i understand you know like i totally get why i i understand why there are a whole bunch of different (laughs) individuals who can be justifiably pissed about yeah plenty of shit but i think it's just um oh am i supposed to curse i don't even know you oh my god curse up and right left you can fuck around as much as you want with your language (laughs) go for it my friend um (laughs) but yeah but that's like i I think what gets lost in that sometimes is like how to say okay this is somebody's individual struggle and that's actually something i've had to learn more and more of Mm. uh because it also was not something that i was necessarily shown a lot of in a really healthy way coming up so it gets easier to see and for like guys stories and stuff i mean i'm hearing a lot of really intense stories i mean a lot of guys really really open up Mm. about things yeah and uh you know it's allowed me to just kind of take a step back and see them differently of course completely a whole different reconceptualization um and i mean that is so much weight to hold. I just want to say, you know, like to hear these stories, I'm sure it's a lot that you personally take as well. Cause I mean, compassion has a weight to it. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that's something that I've been working on, on a day to day basis is like trying to keep a healthy balance with that. And some, a few of the guys, you know, will say, they'll be like, Oh, you know, like, how are you doing after a conversation? And it's, uh, it's been, it's been different. Like I've released mm-hmm. a lot of work and a lot of art and stuff before, but this, this project or this work in particular is definitely more, it's just, it's just a stronger, it's, it's a, it is, it is a slightly heavier emotional weight because of the pieces that I'm performing are all from like life experience and personal and then, yes, the stories. And the more and more guys I see that I do it, as soon as they come in contact with me, the first thought or statement is like, hey, man, they just yeah, unload. Just unload know, everything. Yeah, yep. which is great in the overall conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Right. But that's still a lot for you. And then it's like, how do you weigh that desire to help and be compassionate towards others, but keep a boundary of, you know, like, this is as much emotional weight I can hold today and I need maybe for you have not to have dumped that on me just on the spot you know that's such a oh hard yeah. tug yeah and it's it's tricky though because because of how sometimes not provided those spaces are mm. usually for the guys i'm like man just go on ahead because exactly yeah cuz <laughs> where else are they going to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm like just go ahead man you know a mm. lot of the times mm. so. and that's very kind of you mm. yeah i feel like 
therapy is not – I mean, I mean, I shouldn't speak for it. I guess I'm – so here's my thing. I'm getting nervous that like, oh, I'm a woman. I shouldn't speak for the male experience. So I keep wanting to connect with you and be like, yeah, I feel the same way. But then recognizing like I – like these pieces, they're such a unique experience for you that I want to hear more of your story because I shouldn't be speaking as much on these things at all. But I'm with you and I'm empathizing with you and all of this. Well, I'm down. So part of what I was saying earlier, too, of even like the not versus yeah, thing is, I sure. think there are a lot of points that are mm-hmm. relatable because yeah. we are. And that's what's tricky about the conversations Yeah, is that like the deeper undertone is like every individual or human being is dealing with, you know, potentially issues with trauma they're dealing with. Yes. There's a range yes. of human emotion that we're all yep. dealing with. It's not, yep. it isn't isolated. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't, I personally don't mind as much. I, I also, <laughs> I also understand and I get, you know, you're saying yeah. you're not trying to overly yeah. compare to it, but they're in a way that's part of what the hope is with a lot of the men's work. Cause I'm like, everybody's tried to convince you your whole life that, you aren't feeling this range of emotion. It's like, but actually you just are. And because we're pretending that we aren't. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> yeah. 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 So. No, I get that. Yes. No, I agree. And so like, maybe it's not so much of a gendered thing as much as a, it's just a human thing. That's the, that's, that's the eventual overall hope, but it's yeah. like baby steps. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. We can't, we can't sell the vision yet. We are just starting the journey. Um, <laughs> Could you tell me more? I'm I'm trying to conceptualize you as a child, like where you were at in your family dynamics and what sort of things were you seeing modeled before you? Yeah. So I actually, if you include my stepsisters, I have like eight sisters, which oh, is wow. like a whole Huge. thing. Yeah. I grew up with mostly four of them. I kind of have a, a fifth sister that was in and out a bit. And then my mother and father. Now, in my, the way initially as a younger kid, there were a lot more male influences with a lot of my like uncles and our family unit was a bit more tight knit. So I, in terms of most of the imagery that I had for men, it was my father was like a main, you know, influence. And then these kind of bordering um uncles and and my my grandfather actually probably being one of the the most stable male role models Mm. i had just unfortunately from time and issues with substance and mental health issues Mm. and other things a lot of those male figures you know kind of just ran into a lot of life difficulties to say Mm. it as, as as simply as possible where most of those situations didn't necessarily turn out as ones that I would want to like model myself after in in, in, yeah. in some ways. And I don't want to be overly, overly critical as people doing the best that they uh, could at the time, but just a lot of things with substance and, yes, you know, it course. just, it wasn't, it really wasn't the best model. So. Yeah. 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 And I think it's very fair. I mean, I, I want to honor the fact that you're trying not to be critical, but you can also acknowledge that you weren't, you know, you didn't receive the love that you deserved at that time. Yeah, and that's and and I would say my perception about that changes on a like daily basis as part mm. of my personal work that I'm trying to do. 
And a lot of it comes out in the How Men Cry book itself. Like I've mm. been I've been rewriting a lot of what was there originally. So Yeah, can you say yeah. more? I'd be curious to see hear more about that evolution of how you look back on that time and make meaning of that. Yeah. I think what is tricky to do is to and especially going through a process of therapy is you're going back to directly, you know, revisit that timeline, that childhood timeline. You know, and what I've realized with me is there have been so much suppressed for so long and so much kind of build up of things like when I say things out loud <laughs> or like to people in passing, it'll be like, oh, you went through that. They're like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. just, like for like, for instance, not to one of the poems out of the book, because yeah. um, the book is basically been a culmination of like these different reflections and one of the pieces I just released it's a it's a, a sadder tone piece for sure it was inspired from seeing like the young man get shot in front of me mm. basically and my friend who you know just dm they were like yo I had heard this piece before they were like but I never knew this backstory and this is a real yeah. situation and my reply and I'm not at all trying to make light of the situation but my reply was like yeah it was pretty crazy lol but then, I, but I like took a step back later where I was like, that is a, that's a traumatic yes. circumstance. <laughs> and then I'm just like, ha ha, yeah, it's cool. But, it, but, oh, but, yeah. but that's what's been like the response. I think a lot mm. of the times is this like, oh yeah. And then, you know, you just, so I've been like really trying to unpack a lot personally and not downplay things yes. that have, that have, you know, been traumatic or brought up a lot of difficult emotion. Yeah. And I mean, that's not easy work to do. I mean, yeah, naturally, we're always trying to protect ourselves. And so when we think about those memories, it's so much easier to just come off with humor and be like, oh, yeah, funny, it doesn't bother me. And like, to some degree, humor is such a healthy coping mechanism. But yeah. but like you're saying, yeah, it's not healthy if you're not going back to do that work of actually process. Wow, like, how did this experience actually shape me? So I just... I want to admire and, you know, honor the fact in you that you're doing that work and not everyone does that work and that it's difficult as hell. It really is. And I yeah. think, I mean, honestly, that's been my, basically the past two or three years have probably been the most emotionally uncomfortable, Oof. like two or three, like it's Oof. been for a minute, ever, basically ever yeah. since I've been in therapy, it's been pretty bad because... Not to discourage anybody. No, but it's, it's hard. It, that's super okay <laughs> to say. Like, it's hard, <laughs> difficult work. But no, I mean, it has been, like, just to be really transparent because mm -hmm. it's like working on letting it go. And this is yes. no no slight to anyone, but I haven't, I've, like, never been on any type of uh, medication for anything sure. or, like, any other, like, support in, in that type of way and probably... I mean, really easily, arguably so at different points in time, there were, there was definitely more attention that I needed on my, on my mental health space. So it's been lately what I've been doing is just trying to slow myself down a lot more to just recognize like, oh, actually I am extremely emotionally drained, you know, right now, or this right. a bunch of stuff is coming up and I'm not in a good mental space and trying to like baby step it yeah, yeah, yeah certainly 
having that connection back to yourself to like take a moment to breathe instead of just responding immediately you choose how you respond rather than react yeah totally way easier said than done oh yes yes (laughs) yes yes i mean i but the thing is I don't know what other life to live. Do you know what I mean? Like the other life to live, at least for me personally, with my experience was reacting constantly, not necessarily even knowing why I was reacting the way I did. And like it it sprays out on the other relationships that you have. So it's not only like you're suffering internally, it's also how you treat other people. It's, I, I can't imagine not doing this sort of work personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly just glad that I've been able to find it, it to, to that point exactly. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes and hurt a lot of mm. people in that in that space, you know, like the space yeah. of not processing or not dealing with it. Just yeah. just to be real, like it's and the more and more that I see things now, like a lot, of, I think we're very quick sometimes to to judge people's situation of, well, they're being like this, they're being like that. To to give an example, like men that I've talked to on the podcast and even myself is like, you're dealing with people with, you know, severe early abuse in childhood. Mm, sometimes you're dealing yeah, with heavy. people who, you know, have had death right in front of their face, like literally have Ugh. had, you know, all tight, like it just, the amount of Hmm. like the amount of difficulty that sometimes people are carrying around and I'm not excusing that it comes out in like shitty ways but just like the more and more I see a lot of this stuff the more it's like man half of the time the way people are acting in the world it really doesn't have anything to do with you it's like they're they're in it you know yeah Yep. And that is something I'm, I share with you equally, this same sense of hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I always try to come back to that when someone hurts me or something, you know, I see other people hurting other people. I, I try to come back to where is their trauma at? You know, there's something there that has taught them this is the safest way to interact in this world. And then that cycle has been perpetuated. And so they are doing their best trying to stay safe with what they've been taught and what the world has shown them. Yeah. And the world is vastly unfair, vastly unfair to many people. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a great way to put it. And I definitely agree uh, and have seen a lot Mm -hmm. of that in general. It's like even down to now through a lens of like relationships and just trying to communicate in ways that are more Mm -hmm. healthy. Tell me. It's, you know, it's like, oh, a lot of what I've witnessed or seen is combativeness, cutting people off, shutting people down, yelling at people. This And then it's like, oh, and then you're supposed to go into the world and be this model communicator. <laughs> that knows how to hear somebody out properly yeah. and respond with patience right. and love. It's like, and actually, I talked with Nexus about this. There's no education. About no, this. there's not <laughs> a lot of at the time. all. Isn't that crazy? It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like so. Then when I see, and even myself in relationship, it's been one of excuse me the hardest things for me to be honest is like trying to figure out how to be in close relationship is really difficult for me Mm. and I don't think that because of the internet or the perception of how I deliver art or work there's an idea that you know oh you're like relatable you're this and that it's like that's from 
an internet post, but it's like, yeah, try to be the person in relationship dealing with the childhood trauma version. Yeah. It's not that easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Do you feel like this is pervasive in all of your relationships or mostly in romantic or sexual? I would say, I would say all, all of the above, I think, mm-hmm. because so actually a good friend of mine put it in a way where they said they look at relationships with the, with the lowercase r. Um, they were saying because we have this idea of like this person, if this is your partner, that's this like this is this major relationship and this and that. It's like you're always in relationship with people. Thank you. Yes. So, <laughs> you know. So I would say there are I see it in business. I see mm-hmm. it in like and a lot of the times it's kind of ironic because I would say it seems like those things are not present and you can like bot you can have these wonderful things like how I show up into work yeah, has nothing sure. to do with my personal self. How I show up at, you know, with my friends has nothing to do with my, my personal self in this way. We try to categorize it, but it's just it's really not quite it's not true. You cannot do that. That's not <laughs> possible. It isn't true. Yeah. I don't believe like, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who you are. So I actually had to say something to people that work on the How Men Cry project, right? I literally was just like, Hey look, I have issues with being abandoned. I have issues with like feeling left and other stuff like that. It's like, so I have trust issues around who is working in or on projects with me. It's just, it's, it's that, you know, I can say it a lot more straightforward now, but it's like, so I'm like letting that be known even in ways of like, yo, if you feel like I'm tripping or if I'm into control mode or something, it's like there's a reality and this stuff is emotional as fuck. Like sure. just to be real, this project in general just brings up a lot. And my uh, um yeah. Audrey, who's the the creative director and works on it a lot, she's always like, just go to the woods for a couple of days. <laughs> she's <laughs> like go, go I'm fine with that though I go, do She's like go <laughs> Go take a nap, eat a sandwich. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I mean, those things are so important, though. Like time, breaks, food, all those yeah. sorts of things play into like how we take care of ourselves. So yes, I think all of that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm so enamored by your ability to show up fully in that space and, you know, be able to present, you know, this is what I struggle with and I'm naming it bravely and with the strength to know that that does not define me. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's been difficult. I think it's just, it's more so gotten to a point where I'm just like, it doesn't really work the other way around anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Um, And to your point of just like uh, romantic relationships, like sex, anything like that. It's, it's, for me, I didn't really see a lot of, so my grandparents, my grandparents and one set of uh, uncle and aunt out of, I think, let's just say ballpark, about 10 to 12 of the relationships that I grew up with, all of them ended in divorce, other than my, like, grandparents and, like, one set of aunt and uncle. And it's not to say that People weren't able to find new relationships to do this or sure. do that. But the but what I saw kind of like in a domino effect was just like one by one by one. So I really walked away not 
feeling like I can trust the future of, of relationships yep. and I still run into it like Same. literally today. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Well, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. Hi. Um, I try to explain this to people too, where I'm like, I didn't really have a model of a relationship that was healthy, that mm-hmm. stayed together, that I respect, you know? And so at that point, it's um, it's kind of hard to imagine Al and I, I don't know. I, I believe in relationship anarchy. Have you heard of this? Um, only mildly, but you can, you can educate me on it. Sure, sure. Okay. Please. <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I love your friend's quote, uh, or the little R, and that we're always mm-hmm. in relationship. A lot of what relationship anarchy says is to, you know, let's start from scratch. All You're in all these different relationships. One is not more important than the other. You know, you give that that meaning. And so, like, how do we craft relationships freely, not saying our sexual relationships are somehow more important than our platonic relationships, per se? Mm-hmm. And so, I, for me, and what I, I hope to do as a future clinician and, like, trajecting towards this, you know, path is, like, how do we create relationships that aren't necessarily in this binary of monogamous or poly but rather a created relationship of your choosing of the partners that come together and how can we make both people feel safe and constantly have that evolution of checking in with one another so that in theory we could maybe prevent you know all these long marriage divorce marriage divorce you know and and that that doesn't protect this the the relationship as a whole but maybe that relationship will take on different you know, facets, maybe if you go from sexual to platonic and still stay in each other's lives in some way, you know, with that level of communication, I think it would be more possible than what we currently have as our paradigms for relationships. Yeah, well, and that's uh, talking about the, um, you know, uh, indoctrination, especially around relationships in general. Yeah, that's been a that was a huge. I'll, I'll just say this, what is kind of hilarious i won't name the individual but i was talking to an elder that i was like working on um like an open relationship dynamic and talking about how that stuff looks and and it's something that i'm still working through in terms of my own comfortability it's hard to do with like hard abandonment issues let me tell you that yes i can imagine (laughs) you are yes that's a whole road yeah so but uh but it was really interesting because I said, I basically just kind of said that I didn't even go into it. Oh, we've talked about open dynamics. And this person goes, huh, all of that open relationship stuff is like, you know, a bunch of BS or it doesn't work or it doesn't something, something. But ironically, this marriage or this circumstance had ended in divorce from affairs and all of these other things with this. And I was like, you were in an open relationship. Exactly. You just <laughs> you didn't, didn't consent it. to it. <laughs> you know, you I was like, you didn't call it that. And maybe everybody didn't know, but that's actually what you were doing. I know. I know. Isn't <laughs> so, that insane? It's like, it's just a non-communicative one. And mm. or people are just pretending that this doesn't happen. Like, I was just looking at stats about that within relationships or like marriages and stuff where it's like, I don't know slight to anybody who's figured it out and has the monogamous relationship and it's working all good. But the numbers is like most monogamous relationships are not monogamous relationships. Yes. It's just, just not tallying up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, and and again, it's not to say that it, that it can't be done or that there aren't variations, but sure. like, I've more so just been investigating how just the different ways that you can have relationship with people mm. and that it doesn't have to be like this cut and dry method that's really just rooted in a bunch of random like power dynamic religious oh, stuff and i'm yes. and it's and it's not and i don't, I don't and there's no like whatever you believe i'm i'm all for but the the legality of what we've done with marriage is just this like entity that we've put forward in this presentation and way of living life that is supposed to be perfect and i'm like mm-hmm. it really doesn't I don't know, guys. Isn't that crazy? I I completely agree with you. I mean, the concept of romanticism as like an idea, an ideology really didn't start until the 1750s in Europe is pretty, um, the art that was coming out of that time was starting to do very poetical stuff, very like, oh, you know, lords, ladies, all this sort of stuff that you're seeing. Um, And eventually, I feel like we have just combined the concept of marriage which started as a property dynamic i'm sure you're aware yep. of this yeah. aware of this as a way to you know own your wife to be very clear i think people forget marriage was the ownership of your wife as yeah. property yeah and passing family name and all that yes <laughs> yes and as romanticism and those two ideas started to come together and people used to have kids you know have sex and have kids i mean it was i'm sure it was for pleasure too right but like primarily because you lived on a farm where you needed to have enough children to like survive in that dynamic yeah so then as we start to not have you know kids for just surviving your farm and for love and you're building these romantic relationships people start having less kids that we've seen over the years and now it's really just become oh yeah marriage is for love and authentic expression and but along with all that baggage of that history is that we're keeping like marriage is supposed to be with one person forever you're supposed to have enjoyable sex with them forever and the rest of your life and never want anyone else and if you do it all that means you didn't love them in the first place yeah and it's like all these other (laughs) slews that were never never attached to marriage to start but we as a society have pushed them together and like i was reading you might really like uh what Alan de Bottom, I believe is his name. He's a philosopher. Mm. He talks about the post-romantic era. Mm. You're actually you actually probably love this. So yeah. yeah, he talks about how like maybe we can move towards more communication and finding ways to be in a relationship where we want to stay together rather than just separate because of stuff like this. And he is a philosopher that also started the school of life that strongly talks about like relationships are something that you can learn to be in and you learn how to love and that he actually puts out a school teaching these sorts of things. I'm just like, wow. I know. I'm like, what a dream one day if I could get him on the podcast. He's got videos on YouTube that I just binge uncontrollably because they're so, they're like these five minute little clips about various aspects of life and living in relationship that are pretty profound, in my opinion. Yeah. You'd love it. Yeah. No, that's, and honestly, well, I'm reading for the second time the Ethical Slut, which is. I love that one. (laughs) Oh my god! And, yeah, and there's there's a few, but like, but the other thing about it too is I've been working on within myself. It does. I mean, it makes you challenge and face a lot of your own stuff because my I have issues with open things around safety and security for me personally, and what I can actually deal with or tolerate, and it may change from healing with a lot of things. But I think for me personally, I've also been like 
you've been in a pretty heightened state of evaluating yeah. all this childhood sure. stuff. It's, I think it's, there's just it's so much in there with me that I'm like taking that part slow as well too. Yeah. If I if if I don't care about anybody, like if there's no desire to attach, I can be it's eth- ethically non monogamous, extremely yeah. easy, no no issue. But as soon as there's like more emotional attachment for me, it's difficult. I'll just say that. Yeah, it hits differently. Um yeah. yeah, my first poly relationship was not a stable partner and it was much easier to conceptualize them going out and around and like as I've gone into other relationships and tried to do the same things it does it does change. The more you develop that deeper attachment, it suddenly and uh, this kind of makes sense, right? It gets scarier. The more attached yeah. you get, the more worried that you're going to leave and they're just going to disappear. Um Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so hard. And I mean, at least for me, too, I've had a lot of trauma with men. So like learning to like, let go and be vulnerable in that and surrender and trust. And then you form this deep attachment where then, yeah, you it, the thought of them leaving just starts to spark different things in you that can be hard to process and sit with. But at least for me, and where I'm currently at, and this is obviously always changing, I, I think love is abundant. But I don't think time and energy are right. If yeah. if you if you want a relation and I think I do potentially want kids at some point in my future, way after I'm done with this doctoral thing I'm doing and all of this. Yeah. Um, but I think like having that sort of life where I could have a very deep partner that I go through life with sounds like a beautiful idea. And I would love to have that freedom to create that with that person where I do know that they're a primary person I come home to, but also have yeah. the ability to live freely out with other people. And so like how do you create conditions of safety? So that you both yeah. feel like that time and energy is being devoted to the other person, but they also have the liberty to go and be a, an independent human and explore the world, whether that includes sex or not. It doesn't have to for them. It could just be deep emotional connections. You know, I don't know. It's really hard, but that's yeah. kind of like what I dream of because I, I don't think that we could be monogamous and happy with just one person for the rest of our life. I don't. Well, I wish I so- did. <laughs> Well, so that's even with the ethical slut, like one of the things I like is they talk about all types of things. They talk about, you know, like play parties. I, this is, we're yeah. taking a, a turn from where we started with this. No, interview, I'm with but, you. <laughs> but, you know, they talk about like, you know, play parties, like, you know, there's sure, yeah. uh, partner swap kind of things. There's all yeah. types of like, and just saying that it's been an interesting book to hear like the day or even uh, they were it's like one thing where they were like oh there's a couple that's been together for whatever time and they have this like uh once a month (laughs) you know time that they go see a buddy or blah 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 and then go back so there's and again i'm still trying to figure out my my place within it all but it's more so just fascinating to hear and to just understand that there are different ways that people are in relationship and more importantly than even any of that kind of stuff honestly like way more importantly than that is just that the level and ability to communicate about desires feelings insecurities like one of the most difficult things for and i don't want to speak for men everywhere but what i will say is probably one of the least conventional male narrative things to do is to admit to and be vulnerable around an insecurity i don't know before like i don't i'm sure it does happen and i'm also kind of a hermit in plenty of ways so i don't want to say that i don't see it 
but that it is a few and far between that I think I've ever really seen too many men like come forward and say, hey, oh, you know what, actually... I feel, you know, insecure because, you know, this yeah. guy is is six three and I'm five ten and and you know, I don't like that you like you know, like this person or I feel yes. like whatever whatever the insecurity is, like if it like it's so there's this like idea of oh you just need to either like power through that in some kind of mm. way or like you need you need to over manly whatever the insecurity is instead of just being like oh you know what man i this doesn't this doesn't happen but i just i don't know why i just thought of the example of like i grow a lot of back hair so i don't want to <laughs> jump into a pool i don't grow a lot of back hair okay. all right let me just i'm just gonna say got it I'm like it's, it's i clear. see you i see but, you're good <laughs> But, but no, just saying, like, if it's a thing of, like, yeah, blah, 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 so I feel insecure at a point, like, just that level of communication of this is something that I'm struggling with, and that's been, in relationship, one of the most difficult things that I've had to do, but I've also been fortunate enough in, you know, some cases to, to have, like, partners who can actually show up with kindness or with Mm. nurturing, Um, like my most, I'll just say my most recent partner, like in a, in a more serious sense, like it's been, I had never really been greeted. Actually, I can't even say that. I'm sure plenty of women tried to greet me with it. (laughs) I love this question already. (laughs) I was never in the space Mm. that I talked about something like that or have, you know, vulnerability expressed. Uh, and then greet it with, you know, oh, that's actually, like, I'm sorry that you feel like that. Like, oh, like, what do you need? Do you want a hug? And I was like, mm. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this source? Is this sorcery? Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah. But that's that's been just amazing uh, in terms of learning about relationship like that. Yeah. And how did you respond to that when they offered that love to you? Uh, that's been a running, a running battle, uh, a a little better, I think, back to the point of just me not trying to overly downplay things, is that, like, it's kind of shitty and kind of sad in some ways, but it's just not really how I was responded to in Mm. most cases. Like, I was shut down a lot, or... The best description I would say is there's just a lot of things. There's like a lot of surface level warmth, yeah. but when it came down to emotional, relational things, just a lot more coldness. It's getting better, you know, the space that I'm in now in terms of speaking to family or other friends. So I've been working on slowing myself down enough to try to respond to even that type of response differently and like get out of this. I have to try to fight this person who's trying to be close to me and be like oh okay that actually is a show that this is a safe environment or this is a Mm. caring person or this is secure and let Mm -hmm. go into it but it's it's honestly really really hard it's really hard 
Of course, because yeah. I mean, just as you said, let go, right? That even that language, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, letting go and falling is what you're doing. You're surrendering into the love of another person and fully embracing the fact that you are connected and interdependent on them. Yeah. 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 Ugh, I know, right? Ooh, interdependence. I should... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, say it. I know, I know, but it's 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 um. Well, maybe let me ask you, how has it felt to continue to lean into it? I would say it depends on the day. If I'm being really, really honest, <clears throat> sometimes it can be it can be disorienting. If I'm being like really, really mm. honest, it can actually be kind of disorienting because I'm still working on the actual trusting mm. of that. So sometimes it's like really great and it's wonderful and it's like, okay, everything feels secure. But an, an issue that I've realized with myself is if that gets thrown off a bit, like with the person, if there's a, something that um, that rattles the sense of safety yes. and security, yes. myself is trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. retreat into all of these old ways. And it takes like, so it's been overall good because in a way it's like i can see the light and you know kind of thing um but then definitely challenging to be yes. real and, and and that might get easier over time it's just yeah or not the space i've been in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like or not i don't know my therapist always says that to me <laughs> you know like i'm like oh am i gonna be cured of my anxiety she's like no probably not you know and i'm like there's there's some sort of um beauty i think in that of recognizing that like yeah these are my triggers and like i and i re- and i recognize that i do think it gets easier i'm not i do yeah. i do really do but i like I'm to like, be i hope so <laughs> i know <laughs> i like to be a little bit pessimistic at times because i think some sort of pessimism allows for more reality right like it, yeah. i think the probably the real answer closest thing to an answer would be that it will come out of nowhere at times at least ooh, yeah in terms of my own trauma of like I was sexually assaulted. And so that is something Mm. that I've been processing for so long. And so there's so many times where I'm like, yeah, I've processed this so many times and this is so good. I've already checked this all off and I'm very conscious of it now. And then just something. And then all of a sudden you're in that space and you're like, how did I get here? Why are all these things starting to come up? Why are these thoughts running through my head? And it's been such a process even for me through that of like having compassion for myself when it comes up after feeling mm. like I've already processed this enough that it should be done. <sighs> yeah. It's real. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, by the way. So, yeah. And yeah. Sorry to hear that. Mm. Um, but that's definitely, I can really resonate with that. Like it's that feeling uh, what did I say to like one of my buddies? I was like, oh, yeah, doing a bunch of therapy. I got into this mentality of being like, oh, I recognize that. I see that pathway. I see, I'm like, got it. And then I'm like, yep. oh, no, 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 no. This is yep. the start. Yep. Yep. You're like, no. <laughs> this is actually just the beginning that you yeah. are aware of it more. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then taking, I feel like after that, the active choice. I feel like so much and one of the things I'm leaning into as I study more and more psychology is this concept that we choose how we want to show up in this world. So mm-hmm. when you have that moment of pause in between, you know, we're feeling activated, if we can stop ourselves just enough to take a breath and decide them from there how we want to proceed, like we can yeah. interrupt that pattern and that change. And so like for me, you know, that's 
trusting the person before me and surrendering again, being vulnerable and expressing when I feel these things and all that sort of stuff. I, I do think it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I'm yeah, like, exactly. I'm we like, hope so. I'm like, this is trash. <laughs> but I mean, like, oh, the real human experience is that we have this and then, you know, life is full of traumas and we'll get a new trauma from something different, unfortunately, and then have to go through the same process. I mean, I wish life was smooth. I, I One of my favorite metaphors is, um, you know, like thinking about life as oceans. You know, the ocean is so powerful. We'll have these massive waves and other things, but, you know, you also can surf in it, right? Like you can learn how to ride with more and more practice, these various waves yeah. of life, and they're not going to stop for certain, but we might get more experienced about how to go through this process. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're spot on about that. And that's been a trickier thing to realize for me is like how to really uh and it's I, I again i've been trying to back myself away from the idea <laughs> probably the way that i was doing before was like i'm just gonna speed boat through this <laughs> through this I love that way analogy. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we're just gonna cut through this thing but it's like actually you're just gonna like blow up this engine yeah. and probably sink way worse than what you did like jesus so, yeah uh, so I've, i i agree like that part of just really learning how to ride the wave is mm -hmm. like that's like the jewel yeah yeah, yeah. or so i hope <laughs> you know <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. check in later and see how we feel about life <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like let me know as i know you, think about it. you seem like you got a pretty good grasp on it you so. think so but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I like to think I do. I don't know. I think that in the recognition of my own failure has allowed mm. me to maybe get a better grasp. I mean, like, for me, I was Christian and I mm. was condemning homosexuals wearing a purity ring. Mm. And then, oh yeah, I, you were you were full fledged. You had ooh, yeah. So then <laughs> I, you know, then I come out as queer. I get pregnant, have an abortion, I'm, you know, assaulted going through all this trauma, all these other things, and now trying to come into a relationship anarchy space. So, like, at this point, I've pretty much um, done a 180 and everything, and so I still like to leave enough room that I could do a 180 back at any point, because I was just as wrong then, and what if I'm just as wrong now, and I'll, I don't know. It's a little harder for me to see you go back. No offense know, to I any agree. Christians. No, no offense to any Christians. Just based on the conversation today, I, I think it would be... I don't know. Crazy. I mean, I mean relig yeah. religions are also evolving, I think, yeah. in times, too. I was actually, this has nothing to do with anything, but I've been watching a bunch of stuff on Scientology. Oh, God. That, this whole past week. Wild. And I'm just like, again, no no slight to anybody, but it's fascinating to see that. I think, I think that, hu I'll, I'll say this, I think that human belief is also evolving over mm, time. I don't I know what, it's, what it will look like. Because there are things that are being accepted within churches now that literally never were at other periods too. So, and I'm not, I'm not uh, religious at yeah, all, really. Yeah. But that's definitely for yeah. sure. And I mean, you talked about the internet, internet earlier, and I think that would also explain a lot of this. Can you imagine growing up before the internet, where what your source of knowledge was was your community, and so mm -hmm. you, you know, you might have learned in a book in a library somewhere that another religion does something else, but that's about all you knew. You know, nowadays with the internet, you connect to anyone across the world practicing any religion, see their shitty comments on Facebook or whatever you're talking about earlier, and just even have that thought of, wow, there's other people out there, actual real human 
human beings that believe this stuff. And I think that changes your perspective as you become more and more globalized, I guess would be the right word. Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't know how we're responding to that. I always try to point out the fact that like, this is, um, there has never been this much information presented to humans ever in history. I think it's really easy to get comfortable with this idea that we are, I'll say ready, but also like that this is, this is not, this is abnormal for the human experience. Like the point in history that we are in specifically now with the boom of the internet and how connected we are, this is a, this is abnormal for yes. for the, the entirety of human history. Yes. So I, I'm, that's something that I work on trying to take less uh, or try try to take more serious and then also provide myself some lightness from it because it's like maybe we all feel super anxious and have all this other stuff going on because we're getting hit with way too much input and humans have never been hit with this much input about anything. I agree. (laughs) Yep. And then you get this pressure. Should I know about all of the pain in the world? Am I, you know, a a caring person if I don't research all these different problems and be aware of all of it? But the problem is that suffering of the earth is pretty massive. And yeah, does it serve us to be constantly thinking about all these things? I don't know. And I do think, yeah, like something like the internet is massively going to change how we look at relationships. It's no longer just your grandparents living in their house with one another for the rest of their lives. We now have so much interconnection. Oh, yeah. It's massively different. And so to expect it to also change relationships, I think, is a very valid thought. Yeah. Well, and honestly, like back in the day, too, around relationships in general, (laughs) it was like, I'm not talking to this person anymore. We broke up. And then Never saw that was it. You just, you didn't call them anymore. Right, right, <laughs> there, right. There and wasn't like, now Now it's like, I'm going I'm to go stalk their IG. <laughs> or their LinkedIn, you know, if they don't have IG. Um, not talking from personal experience. I was like speaking from experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, just one person. Um, but yeah, and I mean, back then, like couples, I mean, mental health, if we talk about mental health now being barely talked about, just imagine back then, right? So if what you're talking about with all these different expectations of holding it in, all this stuff, I mean. Yeah. Couples were not communicating about the problems that they had to this degree, and divorce was not an, a normalized thing within society. And so it, I'm optimistic that there was some very true love there, but at the same time, realistic that oh, I think a lot of people stay in marriages for duty. And we see that oh, kind totally. of in the happiness statistics about marriage, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. But I, I want marriages to work in general. I just think that, yeah, marriages don't have to be monogamous. Yeah, and that's that's super socialized yeah i'm breaking it i'm breaking it down for for myself too because i don't know if i ever had those visions i don't i didn't really have the like we're gonna have this house sure, with the fence sure, and sure. yeah the dog and the and the cat and the whatever kids and blah 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 yeah Two i think mine got a little kids. they got a little skewed somewhere along <laughs> the way sure 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 yeah. Yeah, I think society is definitely changing. It will be one hell of an experiment to see where our society, who's our generation who has grown up with the internet, will be. I think we're going to change a lot. This will be a huge thing, probably, I imagine, when people look back. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything before we sat down today that going into the podcast, you were like, I really want to talk about this on this space that maybe we didn't touch? 
I mean, I think we got to a lot of it, to be honest. Um, I feel like I just kind of poured out. I probably just rambled endlessly. No, <laughs> no I mean, I, I love everything that you've shared. I'm just so, yeah, in awe of your connection to yourself and your ability to be vulnerable and to show up in this space and talk about your experience and all the work that you're doing with people in the community. I, it's very admirable and, yeah. Well, thank you. It's been a, it's, it has been a journey. Um, but I would say, I mean, we got to a lot of it. I think, of course, I just have to give a shout out to, to Nexus for making, or Jayla. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what, I don't know which, which, was it the regular name or was it the superhero? I think name? she said Nexus J for hers, okay. but yeah. I, but Jayla, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, uh, I just, I appreciate the space and um, conversations that are just kind of open like this mm. in general. So thanks for having me on and shout out to the homie and to the, and to the band, Brizzy Danks. All them yeah. Good people. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see why uh, she would think that we'd get along with this level of conversation. One of the things I do ask everybody as a closing question on the podcast, mm -hmm. and I know we talked about so many different things already, but what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? I wish that more people knew that having insecurities and not just trying to quiet the fact that they exist by putting things in their place to convince yourself or training your mentality to think that they're not there or, you know, telling yourself a story that has crushed it. And I'm not saying that you need to succumb to the thoughts centered around um, insecurities, but in like the, the true sense of the word that there are things or moments that you will not feel secure within mm. yourself or within relationships or within your place within society and just being okay with trying to explore that in a way that's more healthy and just acknowledging that we're human and in particular through the lens of guys that you're not gonna you're not gonna tough your way out of that <laughs> mm -mm. even if you even if you pretend it's not there right right i love that yeah that reality that insecurity happens and there's, yeah. a, I mean, in general, there's a, a million things to be insecure about in life. I mean, our existence is insecure. I can't promise that I'll be here in a year, right? Like, there's so many yeah. things. I think one of the real realities of the human existence is that so much is up to change and flux. And so, how can we get more comfortable with these moments of insecurity and move through them and grow through them rather than staying stuck in them and then becoming rigid? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it was such a pleasure to have you and to just feel your full presence here and your authenticity. It's been very apparent and it's been just so nice to connect with you. Yeah, thanks for the for the, the chat as well. It was pretty yeah. on time for me today. I've been in existential crisis all day, so this, this is right on time. Yeah, I mean, I could go for, I could probably existential crisis with you for hours. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a part of the anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.